Hello, and welcome to the Lead with Hope podcast. I'm Brandi Kelly, and this podcast is dedicated to educators who need a little hope and inspiration. Leading with Hope is an intentional practice requiring self-reflection and self-awareness. This bi-weekly podcast will inspire and empower you to lead with hope. For more information, check out my website at leadwithhope.net. Today, my guest on the Lead with Hope podcast is Dr. Darren Peppard. Dr. Peppard is a leadership coach, consultant, and speaker focused on organizational climate and culture. He's also a coach for emerging leaders. Darren is the best-selling author of the book, Road to Awesome, and is the host of the Leaning into Leadership podcast. As a recovering high school principal, Darren shares strategies and lessons learned from 26 years in public education to help leaders gain clarity, find joy in their work, and walk in their purpose. Welcome, Darren. Well, thanks, Brandy. I appreciate it. So we're going to start off today. I just want you to tell us about your story. Um, Tell us who you are. Tell us about your purpose and your passion and why you became an educator. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, folks, you did not hear Brandy incorrect. That is Dr. Peppard. Like, seriously, you can't make that up, right? Um, <laughs> when when, uh, when I completed my doctorate degree, uh, my first graduation, you mentioned I was, I'm a recovering high school principal. Uh, so I was a high school principal at the time. And my first graduation, right after finishing my doctorate, my seniors lined the stage with cans of Dr. Pepper and Diet Dr. Pepper. Um, they just thought they were so clever. Like, I'd never heard that before, right? So, um, yeah, yeah. So, okay. A little bit about me. Um, I'm a, I'm, I'm a kid that grew up in Wyoming, um, went to the university of Wyoming. Um, honestly never thought I wanted to be an educator. Um, even like when I graduated from high school, I was not, you know, bound for education. That was not, um, that wasn't the thought. Um, I actually started, um, as a major, uh, in, uh, pre-physical therapy, um, I, I wanted to be a high school athletic trainer. That's what I really wanted to do. And um, that didn't work out so well for me. Um, I, I, I discovered an interesting thing, Brandy, you know, when, when you go to college, um, they're not taking attendance. And where I went to high school, my mom was in charge of boys' attendance. So I was, let's say, a model student um, at, at the high school level and at the college level. All of a sudden, it was like, hey, nobody's, nobody's keeping track. And uh, I... I probably had a little too much fun, and I actually dropped out of college, Um, came back, uh, decided to be a business major, discovered very quickly I didn't care for that. Uh, Ironically, now I'm an entrepreneur, but uh, maybe I should have paid attention a little bit more. But um, ultimately, um, I I, I came home one one day, and and one of my roommates was like, hey, could you help me coach this basketball team? I I got asked to coach this team, and I, I was a wrestler. I don't know what I'm doing. And so I went to practice with them the next day, and, and I was hooked. And, I mean, it wasn't that I was hooked on, like, high-level X's and O's. Um, I mean, this was fifth-grade girls, so um, totally different. You know, this isn't like, like later in my life when I became a, you know, a varsity basketball coach, a little bit different level of coaching, but I was hooked. That was kind of like my, my fire starter, if you will. And uh, changed my major again, just, just really excelled at that point in time. Um, I taught middle school science and I taught high school science for 11 years uh, in Northwest Arizona. Um, when our daughter reached a certain age, 
we wanted to get back to family. We wanted to get back to where she could grow up around aunts and uncles and cousins and grandparents. And so we moved back to Wyoming. That's where uh, I took my first administrative job. I was an assistant principal at the high school level, had two different roles, first discipline and attendance. Then I was in um, the uh, curriculum and instruction role, which, by the way, I love. But that's like a whole podcast episode talking about that role. I love that role. Um, became the high school principal, was high school principal for quite some time, and then finished my career as a superintendent. And, you know, just had a lot of fun in education. And now um, I discovered, honestly, when I was a high school principal, once I got myself figured out, because uh, my first year, honestly, I was a disaster as a principal. Um, I, you know, I talk about it as like having Superman syndrome. Like I thought I had to do everything for everybody. And as a result, I wasn't doing my own job. And, uh, but anyway, um, we, uh, we got a new superintendent my second year. They, he brought in leadership coaches for everybody and it, and it really changed me. Um, number one, it helped me be so much better, uh, as, as a principal, but it also allowed me to coach my assistant principals, to coach my department heads, to coach my instructional coaches. And I, I was hooked. Um, it was kind of like that, you know, back when I, you know, helped coach a fifth grade girls basketball team, being able to help coach and, and grow leaders was just, wow, it relit my fire. Honestly, Brandy, I chased a superintendent job because I thought it was going to give me the opportunity to coach more leaders. That's not the case. You know that full well as a superintendent. You don't have time for that. Um, so I left public ed about two and a half years ago. And now that's what I do. I coach and grow leaders. Um, I, you know, speak at conferences, speak at schools, um, speak a lot about clarity, about being intentional. I talk a ton about school culture and climate and uh, love what I get to do. Also, you know, here at Road Awesome, we have uh, a small publishing company as well. So, you know, we're, we're just all about growing and cultivating leaders. That's I love that, Darren. That's powerful. And you hit on something that kind of intrigued me. You talked about your first year as a high school principal. You felt like you were a disaster. So, oh, yeah, because, because you know, my my purpose and passion is also about growing leaders. Um, what would you tell those first year principals who feel like they're right there in the muck, in the mire They're They're drowning. What words of wisdom would you give them today? Yeah, so I would start with, you don't have to do it alone. And the mistake that I made was, um, so I was only the third principal at that school in 35 years. My predecessor was in the role 17, his predecessor 18. I came in and I had worked under my predecessor for five years. Um, wonderful guy, great leader, um, not an instructional leader. When I was hired... The superintendent told me, Darren, I want you to be the instructional leader of this school. Brandy, I already was. In my curriculum instruction role, I was the instructional leader of that school. And I made the mistake of thinking that what my superintendent meant was keep doing the role that you're doing and all this stuff that goes with being a principal. The reality is what he wanted was me to take on that that role of being present in the classrooms, you know, being being that that coach for my teachers and not getting so 
you know, just caught up in just the PR pieces. Uh, my predecessor was the king of PR. Oh my gosh, he was so good at it. Um, I learned a ton from him, but he was not comfortable as an instructional leader. So I kind of got kind of got stuck in between two roles, and and as a result, and I kind of alluded to it. I took on everything. Um, I honestly started to resent my assistant principals because they weren't doing anything. But Brandy, that wasn't their fault. That was my fault. I let them do discipline because I, I didn't want anything to do with that. But pretty much everything else I was doing. So number one piece of advice, don't try to do it all. You know, when when you sat in the chair, and you know the chair I'm talking about, the hot seat, right? You've sat in it. I've sat in it. We, almost all of us have. And the thing was, I'm the person who sat in the hot seat. Superman didn't sit there. I'm the one who answered the phone when they called to offer the job. I'm the one who, who said yes. It was never Superman. They didn't hire Superman. They hired me. And I needed to be me. And I was completely lost in that. So that takes me to number two piece of advice. you got to be clear really clear about what matters to you, about what you're looking for, about what your priorities are. And then you've got to be intentional with your time, with your communication, with your actions, with your calendar, so that you're aligning your priorities. You know, we we get stuck in this just continual pull, right, where we just get tugged in all these different directions, you know, and, and we can be we can be victims of the time that's really quick as school leaders. But, yeah. you know, uh, Gary Keller would tell you uh, from, from the one thing, um, if you have a lot of priorities, you have no priorities. So don't allow things to pull you away that are not connected to those true priorities. Um, and that's where a skill that I'm sure you had to learn as well um, mm-hmm. of delegation you know, and trusting the people around you to do their jobs. Um, I could riff on this, honestly, Brandy, for like an hour, because like, this is what I do. This is the coaching leaders piece. And it always starts right there too, right? Because so many people in leadership roles, they're fixers, they're helpers, they want to support people. You know, I have people tell me quite often, uh, man, one of of the superintendents I coached the other day said, well, no, I'm going to do that for them because I don't want to put more on their plate. Brandy, what she was doing was that person's job, you know, and earlier in our conversation, she's like, I don't want to be a micromanager. Like, Okay, when you start doing that, you are a micromanager, whether you mean to or not. This, hey, I don't want to put more on their plate thing. Sometimes we got to let them handle what's on their plate. You know, that part of that is being a leader, too. So that, among many, many other things that I could share would be what I would really start with. Yeah. And we have to lead in our values. We have to have clarity, intention, and direction. I also talked to my principals about um, developing that sense of self-efficacy. And for them to develop that self-efficacy then leads to leader efficacy. And, and hopefully then they can grow their teachers and we can see collective teacher efficacy in the classrooms. But that kind of opens us up to the next question. Lead with hope is a system of self-efficacy. H stands for habits, O for optimistic outlook, P for passion, purpose, and perseverance, and E for excellence. So which of those areas in your life today most resonates? Man, it's, it's tough to pick one. 
um, because I would tell you that that I really I really waffle between uh, optimistic outlook and passion, person and perseverance for the one that I want to answer. So because I can't choose, I want you to choose it for me. You pick O or P. I'll go to either one of them. Tell me about your your mindset, your optimistic outlook. Okay. Yeah. So this is this is actually something that that I hear from people all the time. They're like, "Man, you're just such an optimistic person. You're just so, you know, you know, you're just so positive." Um, I, I, I would I would just preface with this: um, Come ride in the car with me. Yeah, ride in the car with me when we're in the left hand lane and somebody is in the left hand lane not going fast enough, and that will put any doubt away that that I'm just like this, you know, all all the time rosy guy. Uh, come watch a Denver Broncos game with me. Huge Bronco fan. They're a lousy team. I'm not very optimistic during the games. Otherwise, I would tell you my mindset is pretty pretty positive, pretty optimistic. And and it goes back to really that assistant principal role, my first one where where I did discipline and attendance. And um and this ties in directly with the stuff around school culture and climate. Um, Man, our our climate was toxic, uh, and and I didn't realize it. Right, so you know you get your master's degree in ed leadership or whatever whatever your university calls it, and they teach you to be a servant leader, right? Like you know go and support and help people, and that's what I wanted to do. And I I went from a place where I taught to a different different school, different community, to be an assistant principal, and I I just wanted to help in that role. And so much of what I heard from teachers was just make them sit down and shut up. You know, could you just make sure they remember that I have the big desk and they have the little desk? And, and I mean, that should have been my clue that we had a pretty toxic climate, but we were so much about punishment to gain compliance and about catching them doing it wrong. And I mean, this is, this is like actually the core road to awesome story. So I'm kind of glad you chose this one, but, um, Partway through my first year, we're, we're having this staff meeting. It's staff meeting I'm sure you've sat in, too, where you try to figure out what you're going to do about hats and cell phones, you know, really important stuff. And uh, somebody just finally raised their hand as we're, like, going back and forth on all these different, you know, oh, well, if we do this, then they'll comply. And somebody just said, why does it always got to be about what they do wrong? Why can't it be about what they do right? And for me, it was like, wow, two roads, pew. I've been traveling the road where, you know, they're the, they're the nail on the hammer. That's that's what the world is. And upon reflection, it didn't happen overnight, but um, I realized that I needed to change my mindset. Um, I, I don't have any control over anybody else. Um, that's that's the great leadership illusion is that we have a lot more control than than we know. We have we have almost nothing. The one thing that we can control is ourself. You know, we can control our mindset. We can control how we choose to show up every day. And I just started showing up differently. You know, I started showing up at the front door and greeting kids instead of running around looking for kids doing things wrong. And, you know, I, I started to look for the good. Um, there, there were great things happening at our school. We didn't know it because we weren't looking at it. You know, we were just looking for the bad things. So, um, to me, I think that's the biggest thing. Like what you look for, you'll find. Um, you know, when, when I speak, one of the things that I love to challenge people with is next time you're out driving around, count the number of red cars you see. And you know what you'll find, right? You find a lot of red cars. Not because there's a lot of red cars, but because you're looking for it. So what you look for, 
you'll find. So for me, I mean, I just try to look for the good in situations. I try to look for, for you know, positive things. Uh, and just the other day, um, I was out. Uh, I was out for my walk, and where I live here in Omaha, there's a park about just over a mile from my house. So, so my walking path takes me down and through this park, and there's a tree right along the walking path that has, you know, it's a really old tree. And it has a, a branch that many, many, many years ago had come away. And you know how that leaves kind of like that, just that hole there, um, kind of a, a scar on the side of a tree. Well, somebody, I guess, saw that and thought, hey, this is a great opportunity. And they painted this bright yellow happy face in the scar of the tree. And I'm like, wow, you know, you could look at that tree or just ignore that tree every time you walk by it. But somebody saw something in that in that tree that, that made them say, hey, let's let's do this. And boy, every time I walk by it, I walk by it this morning. You know, it just makes me smile. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's again, it's mindset, right? It, it's just, you yeah. know, what we choose to look for. And unfortunately, right now, so many people you know, our default setting is, is the negativity. Um, in many cases, our social media algorithms feed that negative stuff to us. Um, so, you know, I just, I choose to be positive with the caveat that when I'm driving, I'm not always the most positive. And when my Broncos play, I'm usually not very positive. So I'm hoping that'll turn around. Yeah, that's fair enough, though. But, you know, Darren, what we talk about at our school district is the same philosophy. We just word it maybe a little bit differently. What you focus on is what you grow. And so we want to be intentional with that. But I love your story about the tree and how somebody turned something broken. Some people would, would say that was a broken place on that tree. They turned that into something beautiful. And it just reminds me of the fact that we all have adversity in our lives. We all have those broken places. So tell us, how do you overcome your broken places or your adversity? Yes, I love that. How do you overcome that as you lead with hope? I think, again, it's mindset, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I knew this question was coming, and I've been thinking about, you know, what what is it that I want to talk about with adversity? And, you know, in, instead of going with something professional, um, I thought, you know, I, I had some adversity a couple of months ago, uh, you know, personally, um, just in a, in a nutshell, um, everything was going along just great. Just diving right into my August schedule. I was going to be gone more than I was going to be home. And out of nowhere, I ended up in the emergency room having emergency surgery to have my gallbladder out. And I, you know, that was definitely a setback, right? You know, now all of a sudden I've got at least two weeks of, you know, I'm not going anywhere. I was in the hospital for five days, um, you know, just one of those deals where, you know, again, back to the, the illusion of control. Mm-hmm. You don't have control over when that kind of stuff. You don't like schedule that one in advance. Hey, I think I'll do my gallbladder in January. No, you know, your body will tell you when it's time. And mine decided that August 9th was time. And, uh, you know, I could have easily, you know, looked at that as, you know, dang it, you know, this is, 
you know, this is just going to, you know, really set our business back. And, you know, this is just, you know, I've been doing so good with, you know, with my physical fitness and all this kind of made some progress here and there. And now it's just going to slow me down. And, you know, I could have certainly looked at it as, as a negative. And um, when I was in the hospital, I got a text from from one of my friends and he phrased it so very well. And I think this is a great way to look at adversity. Um, what, what he said to me was, this is a setback, but just remember a setback is merely a setup for a comeback. And if we, if we frame things the right way, again, it's back to mindset, but if we frame things the right way, you know, it's incredible what we can, what we can do. It's incredible what we can speak life into if we choose to do it. Um, you know, Yeah. I guess I'm a pretty optimistic person. And, and when, when I got those words, I'm like, yeah, you're right. You're right. And uh, I was back on the road two weeks later and uh, probably went back a little bit early. But, <laughs> but still, you know, um, I just think, you know, we're never handled more than, than, than we can take. Uh, it just sometimes we have to look at the whole picture before we dive into it. And... Um, you know, when, when you take the right mindset, um, mm-hmm. adversity is merely an opportunity to learn something about yourself. Yeah. And that's a really important reminder that the way we frame things, it matters so much, not just to us, but to others. Um, words matter. The words we speak to others, the words we speak to ourselves, it really determines who we, who we become in this life and, and how we influence other people. Because you said it very well, Darren, we don't control anybody but ourselves, but we do have a circle of influence that, that we can um, hopefully find the good and help others find the good as well. So as we wrap up this interview today, tell my listeners where they can find you and tell, tell them about your most recent project. Yeah, sure. Um, so um, I, I can be found on social media uh, everywhere. I'm Darren M. Peppard, um, Twitter, X, whatever it's called now, um, Instagram, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, and even TikTok. You can even find me there on TikTok. Um, so, yeah, Darren M. Peppard on all those. Uh, road to awesome.net. Uh, that's R O A D T O A W E S O M E.net. Uh, for the website, um, that'll give you information about the work that we do from the leadership coaching perspective, from the speaking perspective, as well as the publishing side. Um, and let's see, latest project. Wow, um, I've got I've got some things that that are just beginning uh, that that I'm not quite ready to share out about, but uh, I have I have started working on a new book. Um, but uh, maybe maybe the the big project uh, would be uh, our podcast, the Leaning Into Leadership podcast. Um, not really a new project. I think we're at the time of this recording, we're like 106 episodes into it. But um, as as you're going to discover, you know, with with a podcast that just continues to evolve and grow and um, become uh, honestly just just something fantastic. So. Um, I, I guess that that would be the big thing uh, that, that I would say. Yeah, reach out to me on the website, reach out to me on social media, and definitely check out uh, the Leaning Into Leadership podcast. And stay tuned for, for info on the book or actually more than one that I might be working on. 
That's exciting. Exciting news. And um, I also want to mention that Darren is, uh, or Road to Awesome Publishing is uh, going to be my future uh, publishing company as my my book, Lead with Hope, is hopefully going to come out next summer-ish. So uh, looking forward to a looking lot of great things coming from Road to Awesome. And I think right now it's a time in education that is exciting, but it's also a time when educators need hope. They need hope and they need to know that that road to awesome exists. And so thank you for your powerful message. I appreciate you coming on today. Yeah. Thank you so much, Brandy, for having me on. And, you know, thank you for, for what you're doing in the space and helping to bring hope to others and to continue to spread that powerful message. Uh, very excited about your book, excited about your new podcast. So just, just keep on leading with hope. Absolutely. Thank you so much and have a great day.